So, La Urena, uh, how's the Halloween decoration going? <laughs> it is not going at all. It has been so fucking hot out here, and it's just now starting to cool down. Uh, let me tell you, mid to late September is not my jam <laughs> for decorating. I like to be decorated by the 1st of September, and it did not happen this year. I put my mausoleum up. That is the entranceway into my house. And I've only put part of it up. I didn't even put batteries in it for it to work or anything because I'm afraid that they're going to explode. It was so hot. So that it's not going. We did buy one huge de- angel of death, if you will. I was going to say demon, but he's not really a demon. He's an angel, uh, which goes really well with the movie we're about to review. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good fit, I would say. Yeah, um, and the uh, little Lucifina has uh, named him Void Morningstar. Excellent name. He looks like the Void. He is all black. His wings move. He is eight and a half feet tall. Uh, he does not fit in our house. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I don't care. Yes, he's <laughs> in the entryway. We have a really huge entryway, and everyone, like, nobody questions it. They're just like, well, this is where Void is. We're just going to have to uh, duck under this wing here, excuse me, sir, while I uh, get past you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it is what it is. I don't want to put him outside. I'm afraid he's going to get stolen. I thought he was going to fit into our loft. Um, his head does it. So if we put him headless up there, uh, that actually kind of look cool. Maybe just put his head on the freaking rail or something <laughs> or hang it. <laughs> Make it even that much more creepy. No, actually, I take that back. His head fits. His wings do not. They, they span. Oh, far. okay. Okay. So yes, uh, Halloween decor is not going. What about yourself? I, I hear you got a, it's like some fun trip coming up or something. You going somewhere? Uh, in just a few days, we are going to Halloween Horror Nights in uh, Orlando, Florida, where at Universal Studios, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, this year, they the IPs they have, intellectual properties, for those that don't know what that means, uh, is <laughs> Beetlejuice, The Haunting of Hill House, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's supposed to be the original with a little bit of two mixed in because I think somebody said there's Chop Top in there somewhere. And uh, their own property, which would be uh, the Universal Monsters, they're doing the, the Bride of Frankenstein Lives, which is a pseudo-sequel to the Bride of Frankenstein. It's like after the castle blew up, the, the bride is trying to recover parts to you know bring Frankenstein's monster back to life, basically. Um, hmm. but, uh, they, those are the IPs they have, but, uh, actually the, the, a lot of people are claiming that, uh, in particular, one of their original houses, Wicked Growth is, uh, the one to beat this year because it's like one that's totally based on pumpkin type, uh, theming. It's like the Lord of the Pumpkins has uh, arisen and he's, you know, demanding sacrifices, that type of thing. So that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm really jealous because, um, well, I'm not super jealous because we're going to try to go because we are going to Disneyland, which is not scary at all. It's scary because <laughs> of the people. I just don't like being there. Um, but I'm looking at the um, Hollywood one, and they also have the Haunting of Hill House. They have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have an Exorcist one. That one looks amazing. Their, their Exorcist yeah. house is really good this year. So if you go, definitely check that one out. And they have a Halloween 4-themed one, The Return of Michael Myers, uh, which my son is going to go crazy over. I will tell you, we've been 
through the Walking Dead walkthrough at Universal Studios, and three out of four of us walked out of that place crying. It's that crazy, huh? It it was really good. I mean, look, it, I was going to cry anyways because I, zombies really, 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 really scare the shit out of me. Um, and I tried to put on a brave face with them. You know, you tell yourself as an adult, this is not real. Oh, no, they make that shit real. So <laughs> they did a good job. See, I'm I'm not immune to the jump scares, uh, and that's what I'm really looking forward to, especially in Hill House, because I think that that one of all of them is going to get me at times. Because I was actually creeped out by the the Netflix series at, at certain points. I, I that's my jam. I love that type of thing. But uh, most of the time, when I'm going through the houses, I'm just admiring the the you know craftsmanship they put into making them. I'm like just amazed. Like I'm sitting there, like you know, wide eyed, like oh my god, look how they made this. You know that type of thing more so than the scares. Well, I don't want to brag, but I can guarantee you that my experience is a lot scarier because my eyes are squeezed so tightly shut <laughs> that I am imagining the worst things in my head because I don't know what's going on because they're not open. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Well, that's one way you can go through them. I, I don't know if I'd recommend <laughs> that. I mean, you might trip and fall into something, but. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, I open them up sometimes just to make sure I'm on the right path. <laughs> Um, but in addition to that, it is the end of September moving in October. So it is spooky season watching. So I have started a little bit of that. I mean, not as much as I would like to have started at this point, but I have started watching a few different things. Um, and we'll discuss that a little bit more in the banter, but with, with that, uh, it sounds like someone's at the door. Cue the music. I'll cue the music. Welcome back to Death Holler. I am your host, the Reverend Dr. Death, and joining me as always is the dark soul that even the rank and file of heaven and hell wouldn't dare try to recruit in their apocalyptic war, La Urena. How are you doing today, Urena? Well, that's just not nice. Look, as soon as I find my children's souls, I'm supposed to be able to be redeemed, okay? Uh, is, is that the case? Do you think Gabriel would actually uh, want you on his side? I mean, is that... Is... I I actually do believe Gabriel would want me on my on his side. <laughs> it's prob- that is something <laughs> that probably that probably would break the stalemate. Um, if I find the right soul, especially because apparently I feel like I'm a lot better than he is. <laughs> That's true. I would have that little girl would have been the first one I went to. That that is right. You would have uh, definitely taken out poor uh, Mary if that's the case. Uh, but if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, we are discussing a movie uh, called The Prophecy, uh, the 1995 Christopher Walken religious thriller. Uh, we figured since the war between heaven and hell forms a major part of the backdrop of the Christian Bible, that uh, we couldn't dedicate a whole season, dedicate the devil without kind of breaking into the whole, you know, something that kind of led to Lucifer's fall from heaven to begin with. Um, yeah, for sure. And this movie, uh, if this is the proper term, prophesizes this very well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it really kind of shows not just what 
Gabriel was after, but kind of shows when I go into the lore of the war in heaven, it kind of goes into what started the war and, or at least what I feel started the war. And I don't think it was worth anything. Is war really any good for anything sometimes? Um, not according to Edwin Starr. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good for nothing. Um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Uh, but first, uh, uh, before we move on, a bit of podcast business. Uh, with the recent additions to both iTunes and Amazon Podcast, we are now on most major broad- or broadcasting platforms. Uh, the increase in downloads has humbled us, and we are very grateful for each and every one of our listeners. But we need your help. To continue to grow, we need to increase our subscription numbers. And if you enjoy this podcast and have the time, we would greatly appreciate if you could rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Uh, the more we grow, the more we hope to offer our listening audience uh, additional things, uh, you know, possibly even little mini commentaries or, or you know, like uh, tracks for, you know, like riff tracks type things for movies. Uh, but regardless, thank you to all of our listeners. And, um, Urena, do you have anything you want to add to any of that? Yeah, I would like to give a shout out to Sweden for putting us in their top 100. <laughs> Way to go. We love it. Yes, we'll take it. And uh, also, Instagram, we, it's was more than I expected on Instagram. I didn't expect any kind of attention whatsoever. And we're getting a lot of likes from people who also do their own film reviews, uh, people that are doing their own podcasts, things like that. Uh, the people who want to fake advertise for us, you can just fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> we don't We don't need that. We don't need to be paying you money for basically bullshit. So Yeah, no thank you. And we're really small. We don't have any money. And I know there's a lot of thirsty people out there that need that. And that's just messed up, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically where we're at, I mean, you know, both of us invested a lot of time and, you know, our own money into this. And we're just, we just like to see the podcast, you know, represent the effort we're putting into it. So anything you can do to kind of help us along, we're grateful. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, With that, uh, let's move on to some banter. Um, What we are watching. Now, I've got to bring this up first because it's the first and foremost on my mind. and, and, And this is unfortunate. Malignant that we talked about in a in a recent episode. Um, I did not care for this movie. Uh, recently watched it in the movie theater. Uh, I would give this uh, my ranking would be two and a half out of five, um, and that's mm, it. Might even be less than that. I would have to go back and rewatch it. It is not what was advertised. Um, I told you. <laughs> you you said it um like you watch the previews for it and it you know kind of sets up it's like this possible demonic attachment imaginary you know or even imaginary friend that's like like a topa of some kind that's like you know like a thought form that's came out and like starting to kill people no it's uh i'm not going to spoil it for anybody if you've not seen it but uh this is a spoiler for horror fans a lot of people are claiming this is a uh, like a pseudo like remake like a new imagining of basket case uh if that doesn't give it away I heard that. <laughs> it's it's that or uh in my personal opinion when i watched it 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 uh, syncs up a lot with the dark half so if you understand what i'm meaning by that that kind of gives stuff away but that's what you're getting with this movie it's not what the other stuff that we discussed 
it's not original. Yeah, and it, and here's the thing. It's it's really schlocky. It's like it's a, a schlocky slasher, if you can say that, five times fast. It's, uh, I mean, the movie starts out like in this cliffside sanatorium, and like the it's got overacting. There's like, you know, music that's blaring that's like this pseudo-electric rock, you know. It's not like anything like, you know, atmospheric like Insidious or The Conjuring, you know, one's previous films. And it, then, like, toward the end of the movie, it, there's a lot of Rob Zombie-like action edits. And I'm not even talking, like, his movies. I'm talking, like, Rob Zombie's, you know, Dragula video. Like, if you're used to, like, just constant, like, you know, cuts here and there. And, like, you know, it, it's it plays more like a, a twisted version of a Marvel movie toward the end. It's really weird. It's, I, I, I don't know. It, it, like I said, if you like Basket Case... You, you'll probably love this. That's what I'm seeing the division being. It's like, you know, people going into this thinking, like me, they're getting the new Insidious. And, you know, other people are like, I don't know what I'm getting. It's like, oh, hell yeah, Basket Case 2.0. No, well, uh, not for me, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, th- I personally thought Basket Case was a very cheesy, cheap movie. And granted, it came from, what, like the 80s? Yeah, with so a very low budget. have that look. Okay, with a and low budget in the eighties was never any good, but you did get some funny shit. Um, so I would not be interested in this film at all, which is hard because part of me I wonders because you and I have such different tastes that would I like this film? But I'm also so picky about what I watch, what I spend my time on. My time is valuable, so <laughs> I'm not even interested because I'm like I don't even want to waste my time at this point. <sighs> I, here's the thing. I, to me, if I would have known what I was getting into, I could have leaned back into, I could have leaned into the premise and enjoyed it. I'm not above, like, Basket Case, I'm, I don't hate the movie. It's one of those things, like, I knew what I was getting with that. There's a little, you know, creepy, you know, thing that's in a basket that goes around killing people. Okay, that's fine. But when I'm watching this and I think I'm getting this big, like, James Wan, you know, spectacular, you know, like, real tense thrill, you know, like, conjuring type situation, and then I get Basket Case, it's like a 180. Like, it's it's like drinking Crystal Pepsi, you know? It's like, this doesn't taste right, <laughs> you know? It's not what I was expecting that this to be. I still remember that taste. Why you got to bring up horrible stuff like that? Well, I mean, it's malignant. It's horrible. So, I mean, that is... And I had to have Diet Crystal Pepsi. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, anyways, it... my wife, she did. She went into it with no clue what she was getting, and she actually enjoyed it for what it was. It is well, it's well made. It's James Wan, and that, that's a strange disconnect for me. The movie is well made, but it's a, it's you know a schlocky, you know weird thing. So it's like anybody that knows, like it's also been compared by the red letter uh, media guys is like um, a trauma film, like a throwback to one of those. So if you can imagine a Lloyd Kaufman's. Uh, Night of the Living Chickens or whatever he made, uh, <laughs> but done with like you know the Conjuring's like budget and like you know the way that they uh, attention to detail. That's what you're getting. It's a weird combination, like super weird. It, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of this. Look, I, I got weird noises escaping my soul right now. Uh, um, yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. I don't. The kids haven't mentioned anything about it. It's uh, if you have HBO Max, it's on there. I would. I would. 
I would not waste the money. I, I hate to say this, but I would not watch it in the theater. Watch it on HBO Max. It's fine on there. Do you have to pay extra? No. That is the thing about HBO Max. It is included with your uh, service. So if you have HBO Max, I think it should be on there till like the middle of end of October. So go ahead and watch it. I wonder if they have like a like a free trial uh, of HBO Max. I don't have it. I believe they do. I, I, hmm, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it on that then. And they're getting ready to release like the third season of Doom Patrol. So, and that's a really good series. And anybody, it so is, yeah, yeah. So that that give you a reason to you know lock it in for a week or something. All right. Uh, moving on on Shutter. Uh, I watched. I finally got Shutter. Sorry, I had to. I had to jump in. I finally got it. You finally got Shutter. Thank the Lord. I did. I I've had it for about a week, and I just downloaded the app yesterday. And I have not watched any films. Well, that was going to—that answers my next question. So we'll, we'll <laughs> see next time. Uh, There's so much, though. I was looking at all the what's available, and I'm like, oh my god, I am overwhelmed. If, There's so much I want to see. There is a lot on there, but if nothing else, you need to go back and watch some of the the last drive-in stuff with Joe Bob Briggs. He he, I mean, he takes even the shittiest movies and makes them better by you know adding in his commentary and the extra stuff he does for them. So um, we talk about Shutter so much. Can we get, like, can we get some, you know, like, Shutter, can you just, like, put a shout-out for us? Just one little shout-out. That's all you got to do, in, like, worldwide. Shutter, we'll take, be... we'll take sponsorship. We, we will sh- yes. we will shill for you. I mean, that we're not above that. I mean, your service. I don't even want to get paid by Shutter. <laughs> I just want them to be like, hey, Death Holler Podcast talks about us all the time. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Watch those numbers go up. Um, as far as what I watched on Shudder recently, I, I watched actually a couple seasons of Channel Zero, which uh, which is the sci-fi creepypasta series that's, you know, it's it's been a while since it's been on air, but I think 2018, 2017 was like the last season of it. But uh, I'd watched the first couple of seasons, um, and I'd heard a lot of things about the last season of it, the the Dream Door. Everybody was like, if you if you liked any of the Channel Zero stuff, you need to watch Dream Door. It takes the best of all the previous seasons and makes just like something that's perfect. And I gotta agree, four out of five for me. I I end up loving this thing. Um, it's it's actually funny because it's also an imaginary friend killing people, but this is way better than Malignant. Uh, <laughs> way better. <laughs> Um, there is a character on this, and you can Google him if you want to see how creepy he looks, but his name is Pretzel Jack, and the main character of the show, uh, she has this ability that she can bring forth basically thought forms, uh, kind of like what I was talking about I thought Malignant was going to be, and when she was a child, she happened to see a contortionist clown at the circus, and that became her- hell the fuck And that became her imaginary friend. (laughs) If I find out my daughter has an imaginary friend like this, we're fucking, we're saging the whole goddamn house. Are you looking at a picture of him right now? I am. <laughs> a contortionist clown? Are you fucking insane? He is so creepy in this. He is. Oh my God, this is my friend. No, it's not. And the thing is, he's he's real. And when she becomes an adult, that's where the dream door part of this comes in. She starts having some trust issues with her husband. And because of her anxiety and her, uh, you know, her issues with her husband, she brings forth uh, the only person in her life that ever comforted her because her father was kind of in and out of her life. 
and so she brings Pretzel Jack back to reality. And but unfortunately, she's older, she's angrier. Pretzel Jack does what she wants. She's super angry. He's got to stab a few bitches. That's kind of where it goes. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's good. I'm throwing it out there. Daddy issues is a real thing, people. Okay, <laughs> fathers, be good to your daughters. Oh, and, what the and, hell, dude? And, and now you, this is like a horror version of Drop Dead Fred, almost. It, it is, but it is <laughs> it is it's so good. And now you got that fucking John Mayer song in my head after you saying, "Daddies, be good to your daughters," and you know, oh. Anyways, you're so welcome, Reverend. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But I, I'm I'm serious, and, and this story does it, it's not just creepy. It, it does a turn about halfway through. That actually makes like the ending sweet. It's got a sweet ending. It's you wouldn't think that a contortionist, creepy clown would actually do that 180 turn, but they sell it a hundred percent, and you actually feel bad for Pretzel Jack at the end of the series. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> so I I recommend it. Now I did follow it up. I, this isn't in the notes, but I did follow it up with the second season again because the second season was kind of a a mind fuck season i followed it up with the second season which is i think is the no end house it's the concept is there's a creepy uh haunted installation that pops up in these random suburbs and places and and then the rumor is is that it's all psychological horror there's six rooms but people say that you you'll never escape the house hence the the name no end house and oh, nice and it's it's a really good season, but you have to be willing to deal with slow burns. And I mean, even though it's got creepy stuff going on the entire time, and the fact that it's got a lot of subtext to it. And I mean, it's a lot. Like the the whole thing is that the the main character lost her father. He you know he died of a, like a of a, a drug allergy basically, and she's had a hard time like dealing with his loss. And the house preys upon that, and it actually brings him back. And so the, the the season delves around her trying to deal with her grief while uh, her best friend is trying to deal with the guilt and stuff that she's suffering because of the fact that she abandoned her friend when she needed her the most. So that's kind of what you're getting with the season, but with a lot of like creepy... Um, it's hard to say what they're like. The people that are in the like they they get transported to another reality, basically like a just a wasteland suburb that the that's inside the house because the house can grow and like it's it's feeding off people's emotions and memories. So like there's all these like weird creep like the when like people's memories uh, start uh, you know feeding and, and they actually consume the host that they, you know, previously were attached to, they kind of go feral and they go after anybody else. So they're kind of having to deal with that too. It's, 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 it's an odd season, but it's a, it's a good season overall. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> not with that fucking weirdo clown. Uh, that's Dream Door, but you need to watch Dream Door. It's a good one. <laughs> okay. Fine. Um, I did watch also. I'll do it, uh, but I'm going to complain the whole time. Yes, you are, Bob. <laughs> um, that's from Bob's Burgers if anybody's ever seen the meme uh, the Mortuary co Collection uh, is a horror anthology series uh, centered around a creepy local mortuary uh, ran by Clancy Brown's imposing mortician who is in search of an assistant uh, I would give this one a three and a half out of five. There's some of the stories that are really good and creative, but like any anthology series there's a clunker here and there and so it kind of drags it down in quality Um or at least an overall rating. Uh, the quality of the actual filming and how they put it together is top-notch. Shudder does not do shit. Like, I mean, even their, you know, films that I didn't care for on Shudder, 
Uh, they they put. I mean, it's 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 got a nice look to it. They the actors they hire are always you know great for the parts. Um, anybody who doesn't know who Clancy Brown is, he was the you know one of the head guards in Shawshank Redemption, but also a lot of people know him as like Mister Krabby or whatever from SpongeBob. So, um, but the, this one I I really did like. I mean, it it had some good things in it. So I mean, and you know the stories are kind of short. So if there's not one that you like, eh, it's over with quick. Yeah, I'm looking at the. I like the cover. They did a pretty good job with that. Oh yeah, they the design for it, just like the designs they do for a lot of Joe Bob Briggs' last drive-ins, or you know, they're they're uh, like we talked about in the news. They're kind of like Scream Factories type covers. I mean, they they do a real artistic look for them. I have a question because we're still talking about Shutter, right? Well, obviously, because I just looked up that uh, Mortuary collection, mm-hmm. but Creep Show. It was advertised to me on Facebook like this is a new series, but it looks like it was out in 2019. Is that a currently running series, and have you seen any of them? I have seen some of them. There is one episode that was really weird that I remember watching. Now, a couple of them are really good. There's one uh, about, like, these kids that are going around trick-or-treating, but they're creating, like, they're they're intentionally going around and, and creating hell for people, like, uh, over the course of Halloween night, and there's, like, a neat twist toward the end of it of why they're doing it. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. The one that stands out is kind of weird, but, like, it was really creepy in parts, is uh, there's this one story they have about this kid that has a dollhouse, and a weird zombie... Oh, I saw that one! And a weird zombie doll pops up in the house and starts eating her other dolls and turning them into zombies. And before the show's over with, he starts cr- climbing out of the, the dollhouse and becoming real, so... Yes, I actually, I did see that one. Okay, so I don't know why I'm asking you. I, my husband found those, and we were watching them. I had no idea it was from Shudder. Um, and yes, we saw that one, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Did you happen to see the German Nazi one? I, oh man, I don't remember seeing that one. There's one that I I think was part of that series about some Afghanistan or soldiers in Afghanistan that were like werewolves, and then I rem- okay maybe I was mistaking. I saw that one too. No, there yeah there was some German ones. I, I I'm sorry they that they're what. The, the, they were, I really thought it was Germany, yeah. No, no, the Afghanistan one was a thing too, but there was an episode, and maybe I'm confusing shows or something, but there is an episode where there is the, the Nazis that have the, the one guy that's like, you know, and, or woman or whoever it was, and he and keeps telling them, you don't want to keep me, you know, here, you know, during the moon or whatever, I will get out, and, and yeah, and does end up ripping through them. So I do, yeah, I did say that episode now that you mention it. It's just kind of fuzzy. Okay, yeah, so... I'm just going to go out since I've seen it, and I didn't realize I was watching the show I'm asking you about. Pretty good. I actually liked it. It it has a lot of good ones. It's Again, it's an anthology kind of. In the, the This one's more in the vein of, like, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, of course, I mean, even to the fact of it's got, like, you know, the... the I forget what the name of the, the character is uh, that's that does like the creep that's like the crypt keeper. Oh yeah. I mean, but they, but they have that, that character that's like overall of them, the, the, the creep uncle creepy or what it, I don't know whatever it is, but, um, the whole thing is, hold on. I'm looking it up right now. The creep show creep. There you go. The creep show creep. Uh, it's, it's uh, the movies that this is based off of are based upon EC comics. So they all have like their ties in the tales from the crypt that way. Um, yeah. but Greg Nicotero, who is, you know, most famous for doing the, the walking dead, of you know, visuals and makeup work. He is the one that's over, 
this so this series it's kind of his baby and he does a really good job with the special effects for such a i mean i'm assuming it's low it has to be lower in budget i mean but uh they do i mean they do a great job making it not look low low budget so yeah for sure um i've got a few things here that i'm just going to throw out for hulu i'm not going to like dwell too long because on all these because there's really not a whole lot to get into with them uh, they were all just like cheesy horror comedies that were recommended to me on Hulu, and I just kind of tried them out to see what they were, and they varied drastically in, in quality. Uh, Suburban Gothic is the first one. I give this one like a one and a half out of five. It's got that nerdy guy that plays uh, Spencer from Criminal Minds uh, in it, and he's playing kind of like this hipster with like psychic abilities where he can see ghosts. And then it's got the the brunette, uh, Kate, Catherine Cat something's her name, uh, that that starred in uh, Two Broke Girls, uh, but she was more, more recently in WandaVision. She was the one that oh, yeah. kind of moved in halfway through the series and was the one that was like uh, actually monitoring what was going on inside Wanda's world there. Um, she actually plays like a hot goth in this one. But um, Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Big, huge knocker chick playing a hot goth? Yeah. No. <laughs> so surprised. Uh, this, uh, man... We were talking about quality just a second ago. This is the the bad, poor quality that you get with an indie film, like the kind that where they they the bar, the plot's barely there. I mean, but the visual effects are cheesy as hell. They look like something out of uh, you know Harryhausen, like you know the that he did back in the what fifties or sixties, wherever the claymation type stuff. Just bad all the way around. I mean, the humor was non-existent in the movie, so I I didn't enjoy that one at all. Um, but you know, if that's your thing, I mean, it, it's on there. Uh, the night watchman was the next and it was a step up in the series. Uh, this one, I gave like a two out of five. This one's also got poor quality, but it's slightly better. Um, the cast was fun to watch, which was an improvement over suburban Gothic. Uh, but the plot, although it was threadbare was coherent. Uh, this one's like the gist of this one is like, there was a clown troop. Uh, with a bozo-type leader who went over into Romania. He dies mysteriously. He's brought back to the United States, put in, like, this office building's, like, loft. I don't... Or some area in the office building. I don't know why you would keep, like, the, the corpse of a clown in an office building, but to each his own. And uh, he comes back as a vampire and starts uh, spreading the vampirism zombies as basically what they are. And and so that's what you get. You get, like, and it... it it, Wait, do these vampiric zombies turn into vampiric zombie clowns? No, the the vampire clowns turn other people into uh, vampire zombies, basically, is what that amounts to in this. What <laughs> the fuck are you watching? It's, that's what... I am judging you. That, that Here's the things that they, they recommend to me. I'm just throwing them out there. Oh my god. Uh... It's one of those movies where they literally, like, when they, they kill the vampire through a stake through its heart, it has to pass gas, and, like, you know, they comment on about how bad it stinks. That's the type of movie you're getting with this. <laughs> uh, it, like I said, though, the main characters uh, play into the, the humor part of it and, jo- and joking around, and it's, I don't know, it, it's not the worst thing ever that I've seen. Uh, special shout out to the fact that Scream Queen Tiffany Shepis is in this. Uh, she's not in it for very long, but anybody knows any of her films, she's uh, she's in this one uh, for a short little bit. Tragedy Girls is the next one I saw, and actually this is probably my highest rated one, although I didn't like it, and I'll get into the reason why. Uh, and I give it a four out of five. Actually, it's it's this is a well thought out social commentary movie about 
uh, how narcissistic social media influencers are and the lengths that they'll go to to engage, you know, to engage their audience and get likes is is the gist of what they're doing with this. It's set up around that's that that subtext is wrapped around, or is, is underneath a basic plot of these two girls are obsessed with serial killers, you know, sla- shocker, yeah, and they decide that the best way they can get up their views uh, is, and and the reason it's called Tragedy Girls is that if they if they kill a bunch of people around them, because there's a serial killer that's been on the loose in the general area, if they kill a bunch of people around them and stage the deaths to look like, you know, especially that, that they were like, uh, you know, committed by that serial killer, then they will get sympathy on their channel from all the people who, you know, who follow them and they'll bump their numbers up. And so they play the part of the, you know, like, oh, woe is me, look at what, you know, that type of thing. So they're killing the, their, their best friends in order to be able to get other people on the internet to uh, give them sympathy and likes, basically on their so on their YouTube channel, is what it amounts to. <laughs> okay, do you think that they're onto something? <laughs> and are you saying we should try this? That <laughs> works for them in the movie. They get really popular. How does it end for them? Uh, then badly. You don't have to spoil alert. Uh, spoiler alert! I'm throwing out there, and that's the reason. And I gotta say it because it's the reason I don't like how this movie ends because it made me feel super unclean. They get away. With no consequences at all. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh yeah, the you know the the new uh, Eric Kripke show, The Boys, right? The uh, uh, baby yeah. baby Huey. You know the actor that plays him. I think is Jack. Uh, oh man, what is his last name? Um, I'm blanking on his name, but anyways, that that actor. Hold on, I'm getting it right now. Oh wait, no, J- just Jack kidding. Qua- J- the wrong baby Huey came up. <laughs> Jack Quaid. I just remembered. So Jack Quaid plays in this movie. This was before I'm, you know, quite a, a few years before he played in The Boys. Uh, he plays like a, a, kind of like one of those simp's that's like you know really pining for one of the girl, one of the tragedy girls, one of the duo, and. He does everything in his power to like, you know, help her out and protect her and all that, even though he doesn't because he, he's oblivious to the fact that she's doing all this. And another spoiler alert for anybody that's out there, like she she acts like she's turning around toward midway, you know, third third part, you know, like three quarters of the way through the movie. No, uh, when she sees her bestie come back toward the end of the movie, she just wraps a noose around Jack's neck and, you know, throws him off to the side and hangs him. And then they just walk out together. That's how she does that poor bastard. Mm, friend zoned. Yep, uh, completely. To the point that he's dead now. But mm-hmm. it, I got to say the commentary is spot on, though. It really plays up how, uh, you know, some <laughs> some people are with social media and what they'll do to get those, you know, likes and subscribes. So... Uh, yeah, I would never try anything like that. Never. <laughs> Not us. Uh, the la- we're above that. Yeah, we're totally above that. Uh, the last movie from Hulu that was recommended to me was actually a Hulu original. Uh, I give this one like a three and a half out of five. It was actually surprisingly good production. Uh, that is the movie called Crawlers. Um, it's kind of like a new take on zombie lore uh, because like the zombies are aliens uh, that are like... Uh, creating like when they kill you, they create like uh, they they become another version of you. Basically, is what it amounts to. Like they, it's like a version of the body snatchers, but kind of like with a zombie vibe to it or something. Like as long as they bite you or whatever they do, they can they take on your form. I think is the the gist of it. 
Um, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but it wasn't the most exciting or fresh story, but the characters and their attitude in the film kept it moving because it's told from like the point of view of like this conspiracy theorist, uh, pot selling, you know, trailer trash girl that kind of gets wrapped up in everything and she just don't give a fuck about anything. So, uh, the fact that she's telling the story and she can kind of wink at the camera, kind of like in a fourth wall breaking, like Deadpool style, it, it, it helps sell the movie more than it should. Um, it, it was it was all right, so that was not too bad. Uh, the last thing I have is uh, before we move on from the banter is from the IFC channel, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, I've heard that was good. I had this recommended to me by a friend, and four out of five or four and a half out of five, absolutely phenomenal. This is a movie I'm going to buy and I'm going to watch every Halloween. Um, it, wow. it has Brian Cox. It's a small movie and that makes it even better. It's got Brian Cox, who to me is best known for being like the, you know, I think O'Hagan's his name. Uh, but he's like the older cop in super troopers. The one that's like, you know, always having to, you know, uh, get the guys in line. But, uh, and it's also got Emil Hirsch and, and there's like one other character in the movie and that's Olwen Kelly, but she's playing a corpse literally. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's the girlfriend of the main of Emil who comes in, but basically Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch are like father and son mortuary, you know, workers. And there, and there's this weird case where this fresh or corpse was found underneath this house of this double suicide or, or homicide. And the local cops bring the corpse there because they don't know if maybe like she was raped by these, these people. And like, you know, that's why they killed themselves and she was dumped under the house. But the more that the two mortuary workers work on the body, the more creepy shit starts happening inside the, the, you know, their mortuary. So nice. It is creepy as hell. Like they, they use every bit of their small budget to, uh, to the nth degree. Like, I mean, when they don't really want to, you know, spoil the, you know, the effects work, they like cover like things in kind of a mist, but it makes things even creepier. I, this movie actually had me tense. Like I, I got, I mean, it, there's been a long time since I had a movie do that, but this one did it. Uh, so. And you said this was an IFC film. It's an IFC film. Uh, the way I was able to watch it was I signed up for like a free week, you know, trial of IFC through Amazon or something, and you can watch it that oh, way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's so creepy and it actually, when you find out what the twist is with the body, it's even better because it's some of the best lore I've ever heard of in my life with regards to the subject matter. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but when you watch the, <laughs> but when you watch the movie and you see what it adds to that specific genre, it's like, this is badass. I, I love every bit of this. Would it be somewhat age appropriate for my 14 year old? Uh, no problems. No problems okay. at all. It's the only bad thing about this is, is that the, you know, uh, Olwen Kelly is literally, you know, it's not showing anything below the waist necessarily, but she, but, uh, she is naked through the whole movie, you know, like Which, yeah. she's a corpse and, you know, there is a scene where they have to investigate if she's been raped. So there's something with that. But other than that, I mean, it's a lot of just gore and stuff is the only thing that would be an issue for most people. Sounds good. And with that. Uh, let's move on to Attack of the Bees. Okay, real quick before we do that, I need to figure out what's going on because I can hear my kids screaming at each other downstairs. Okay. We need to take a short break. I'll be right back. All right. You there? I am here. Classic fight of I want to watch this. No, I want to watch this. So I had to take all the remotes because when it gets to screaming at each other over that, 
Nope. Now you get to watch nothing. <laughs> That's how you shut it down. Play a board game. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Attack of the bees. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah! Out of my eyes. Uh, so this is a bit of a cheat, but uh, the movie was filmed for $11 million, so I feel like this is applicable to the, the B section. Uh, okay. This one is Frailty, the 2001 film that was directed by Bill Paxton. This was a good one. Oh, man. Uh, The principal players in this, of course, Bill Paxton, who plays the dad. uh, He's the main antagonist, protagonist, depending upon your view. Um, And, of course, Bill Paxton's been, you know, Aliens, Predator 2, Twister, Tombstone, Weird Science, Club Dread, uh, and Near Dark. I mean, Club Dread, Near Dark, he... A lot of people probably don't give credit to him for those uh, horror comic. Well, Near Dark's more of a horror straight-out film, but Near Dark's an amazing vampire film for people who don't know it. Matthew McConaughey plays Fenton Meeks. He's the storyteller that's giving kind of the, the background for what's going on. Uh, the, of course, Matthew McConaughey's been in a ton of shit. <laughs> the Gentleman, uh, Dazed and Confused, The Lincoln Lawyer. His role in True Detective, though, the first season, him and, and Woody Harrelson and that are awesome, if you've never seen that series. And it's also got like a H.P. Lovecraft overall theme to it, so I really you know recommend that one. Uh, and then, of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, where he plays a uh, leather face that's a cross-dresser. It's kind of an odd one. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, of course, the Powers Booth, uh, who's playing FBI agent Wesley Dole, uh, who is either the antagonist or protagonist, depending upon how you look at it. And he is uh, searching for the God's Hand Killer. And uh, most people know him from uh, as being Curly Bill from Tombstone. He was also in <laughs> a really creepy guy in Sin City. I think he was the governor uh, who allowed his son to basically do anything he wanted. And then he also played a character in Deadwood. It sounds like our president. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we'll not talk too much about that mess. Uh, <laughs> the plot of this movie, anybody didn't know, and I'm not giving it away because that's the beauty of this movie, is the fact that uh, it starts out, there is uh, Agent Doyle is looking for the God's Hand killer. He's a serial killer in the area who's been killing people and blame, and saying that he's doing it for, you know, as the right hand of God. And uh, Fenton Meeks shows up and, uh, you know, out of nowhere and says, I know who's doing this and I know what caused it. And so basically the gist of the movie is you're going back and you're watching, um, you know, what looks like a, a father, uh, a single father who ha- who goes crazy, basically, and starts, tell you know, like telling his kids that there's demons out there, that an angel visited him and told him that he had to go out there and that the demons look like regular people, but only select people like him are allowed to know that or their true form and that their job is to go out and kill them. And so, which sounds batshit insane it, right off the bat. And, uh, you, of course, you're watching these poor kids get traumatized as their father goes about doing this. And uh, it's, there. there's, uh, you know, along the way there's twists and stuff, and I'm not going to ruin it, but it, it's, it's a really good, like, psychological film it fits into what we're talking about today because again, it's like this war between heaven and hell. And, you know, you got like the, these, you know, angels, you know, using humans or, you know, like chosen humans to fight the demons that are walking around. Uh, it, and so it, it's basically using their meat suit. Yeah. Isn't that what it's called in supernatural? Yeah. That's what they say it in supernatural, just walking around their meat suits. And, um, uh, 
But I, I always like to recommend this one because I feel like it's severely underrated. Like if anybody ever comes up to me and asks me personally, it's like, what is a good horror movie that I've never seen before? I automatically go to this movie. I'm like, have you seen Frailty? And they're like, no. And I'm like, go watch it. Just and it's never it's never let anybody down. It's it's an automatic like you know okay that was really good. As far as my rating of it, the Nick, the patent pending Nicholas Cage rating, uh, which we recently found out he's never going to retire from acting. So I'll always have a rating system in place for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I would give this The Rock, uh, which is obviously Nicholas Cage's best loved movie by most people. I would say Face Off for myself personally, but there's cheese in that movie, and this movie Frailty doesn't have cheese. It's straight up like executed from the top to the bottom, like. Excellent. Um, I, I, it's, I, I just can't recommend a better put together little film like than this one. I mean, Bill Paxton, you know, God rest his soul. He, he really knocked it out apart with this movie. Yeah, you know what? In in regards to this movie, I want to say it was the Rain Man show, but there was definitely a podcast that I was listening to that they were discussing. I think it was a news segment on the Rain Man show where some guy really believed that he had committed a murder very similar to, you know, for the greater good. And the question was brought up, what if it was real? And we think it's crazy because we can't see it, you know, but this person can. What if they actually could see something? What if there are things unknown, you know, that certain people have to fight and we think they're crazy, so we either, they end up getting killed in crossfire or they get locked away forever and they're trying to warn us. That is a crazy concept right there it's, alone. It's, I mean, it, it's an excellent idea for a movie. And I mean, it, it, you know, it plays off, I mean, something that I don't think anybody's ever brought up. It's like, what if these weird, twisted, you know, uh, serial killers that, you know, that are out there, what if they were actually, you know, I mean, in their, you know, they were actually doing something good, you know, like that's, that's the kind of the weird, like, twist, you know, that kind of, you know, gets thrown out there a little bit. So. Yeah. Now, one other thing I wanted to say before, if we even move on, well, of course, yeah, we're going to move on. But if we're moving on before we do, did you see, did you notice the similarities between the cover of Frailty and the Prophecy? I don't think I did. But I the reason I chose this specifically was I, I did a search and I'm like, what's another movie that's got angels and demons in it? And then this movie popped up I'm like instant. That's I'm instantly talking about it. It's the same exact concept of, you know, like humanity being like caught in the middle of this war between heaven and hell. It's, you know, it's going to work. So, but I, yeah, the covers are both basically, if you're looking at the cover to the right side is like half of the character's face with their face aglow and their eyes, maybe a different color with, you know, the title. They're almost identical. The prophecy has, you could see some of the characters in the background, but frailty, I think it just focuses on. It doesn't look like Bill Paxton, honestly. I don't know. I thought Matthew, which character? Yeah, I was thinking Matthew McConaughey was the main it's focus on that one. Yeah. Um, yes, it's Matthew McConaughey, and in the background, instead of seeing the characters, you see the house, what looks like a farmhouse. Yeah, it's. Now that you mention it, I, I'm picturing them together. Yeah, I can see the comparison. That's e- that's even funnier that they're that close. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of works out really good. Uh. But I, if you have anything else to add, you know, um, before we move on. In terms of frailty? Yeah. No, except that it's a good fucking movie. And it's, to me, it was uh, suspenseful more than anything. Um, I guess now that I've seen, I, 
we're going to go into the prophecy and I'm not going to talk about that yet, but this was my first time watching the prophecy and similar, but different, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of what you're finding out in the film and the things that you're discovering. And you're like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. It's, I definitely want to revisit frailty at a later time. If we, if we circle back and just do like a, you know, like a demon film or something like that. Cause that's kind of the gist of what that movie is supposed to be about. But I mean, it, it, the suspenseful nature of it. And like, and like you said, there's certain things like there's visions going on there, you know, there's a lot of similarities to the prophecy that kind of like fit in there. Oh yeah. But with that, we will move on to our main discussion, which is the prophecy. Uh, 1995 movie directed by Gregory Wyden, which was his uh, debut film. Principal players, and I'm going to put these totally in the order of what I appreciate in the movie, just as a spoiler alert. Christopher Walken, top of the bill. I mean, this movie lives and breathes by this man, and we'll get into that, but... (laughs) Uh, He plays Gabriel, uh, who is both the antagonist and, I would totally 100% argue the main draw of this movie. There's no way, shape, or form you could sit there and tell me that that there's anything bad that he does in this film. I mean, there's bad he does in the film, but not in terms of acting. Yeah, not in terms of the... (laughs) He is... There's, there. I'm just gonna throw it out there. He's charming, like as Gabriel. There's some, there's, there's a smug charm about him. Like I don't know what it is, but like you, every time you see him pop up, it's like hell yeah, he's back. You know, like even though he's doing these awful things, he's of course he's known for the Dead Zone. We talked about that during our Needful Things episode. Uh, a lot of people know him from the Deer Hunter. There's like this tense scene where he's having to play Russian roulette in that one. Uh, Pulp Fiction, the the watch scene. I mean that that one goes down in infamy, and uh, and for us, of course, you know, we got to throw out there Batman Returns. Uh, you know, be, you know, uh, having a little oh, bit, oh yeah, a little bit of Burton in there. But Sleepy Hollow, come on, his his headless oh, horseman, Sleepy Hollow, creepy as fuck. <laughs> Can we give a special shout out for the Weapon of Choice video that he was dancing in for Fat Boy Slim? There you go. I've, have you ever seen I that? I have seen that. I totally forgot. But yes, he he definitely. Uh, and and the funny thing is a little bit of uh, we're just going. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there because it fits perfectly what you said. He was in. I, I think I remember reading in the behind the scenes stuff trivia that he was in a video, and I believe it was with Madonna of all people. And, you know, this was what, you know, before he did the, you know, the, the dancing that you're talking about. And he plays like this dark angel of death in that that's following Madonna around. And he looks almost exactly like he does in this movie. It was like a precursor to his character in this film. But he played in a music video. Hold on. Looking. What video? Hold on. I'm, I'm, I googled. It's called Bad Girl. I don't remember this. I don't remember it either, but when I read about it, I'm like, that's cool as hell that he basically played the same character. It, it was a it was a non-talking part, but he looks exact, almost exactly the same as he does in this movie. Slick back, well, you know, dark yeah. hair, and you know. And it was two years apart because um, this video was released in 1993 and the prophecy, I believe, was 1995. Yep. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he was her guardian angel in this. Yeah, but he. In this video. Yeah, but he was like kind of the still the angel of death, which is you know the same kind of character or exact same character he played in this one. Uh, and I've got to throw out there a special. Weird. I got to throw out a special shout out to his character in Joe Dirt. You can think what you want to about oh, that that movie, <laughs> but Gert B. Frode or whatever his name was that movie, I, I love every scene he's in. So. Yeah, you know, I don't know. There's not a lot that I've seen him in that I'm like what the fuck, you know? I might be like, what the fuck? But it's more of a, like, a what the fuck in a good way, you know? Yeah. It's, 
and 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 a lot of people, I mean, of a certain age, probably knows him as the Continental. It was like a sketch he did on Saturday Night Live where he was basically like this creepy uh, European, uh, you know, socialite or something that would always invite like the the camera person who was supposedly a woman that he had up, and he would try to get him. I mean, it would totally not play in today's audience with the way people are like super, you know, like cancel culture about everything. But it was hilarious because he was always. Uh, trying to schmooze these women or whatever they got. And he was so cheesy with like this pencil thin, like French mustache. And <laughs> it's just, it was, I, do you remember that you one? Know, well, I was actually thinking about when he was, uh, when he was the um, director of a, not, I don't know if it was a music video. Oh, or whatnot, but he was the more cowbell. More cowbell with uh, Will Ferrell. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That was hilarious. It was like a behind the music or something like that. Yeah, that that's uh, what they were doing. He's fucking he's a great actor. I mean, he's done, obviously he's done comedy, he's done serious, he's done he's done it all. Hey, and I I love him and everything he's in. Uh, I mean, he's just been such a good addition to any movie he adds to. Even if he's got that weird way of talking that people like to throw out there. I mean, there's the, you know, people always make that comment. There's the William Shatner, you know, way of pausing. And then there's the, you know, and they have to throw out the Chris, Christopher Walken way of talking. Like, you know, I think he does it the most in like Joe Dirt. It's like, you're talking to my guy all wrong. You know, like he always throws these yeah. weird pauses out there. <laughs> um but next up in the movie, because uh, we're going to be talking about Gabriel a lot, uh, is Viggo Mortensen, uh, who plays Lucifer in this film. And he's the protagonist, uh, weirdly. If you don't know Viggo Mortensen, you've never seen Lord of the Rings, and God help you, you need to go out there and correct that right now. Um, <laughs> he plays Aragorn, and I can't think of anybody else in that role uh, ever, because he does such a good job in that film. He also plays in A History of Violence and, and The Road. Um, and, and funny thing was history of violence and Appaloosa that he was in were both filmed with Ed Helms, uh, who, you know, or, or Ed Harris, who we talked about in the last episode with needful things. So he's, you know, there's kind of a connection there. Uh, most people probably don't know this cause I didn't cause I, I don't refuse to watch this movie. He was in the psycho remake with, uh, Vince Vaughn and he was in a little, uh, Rennie Harlan film, uh, called Prison, which is a, a cheesy horror film from like the eighties where it's basically like this, uh, prison needs to expand. So they like, they, they start putting the prisoners in like this portion that where, uh, previous like was burnt down and everybody who, uh, prisoner that was in there was like burned alive. And so now they're putting like this haunted jail cell and they're getting killed off by the evil spirits of the prisoners who died, you know? So it, he, he's in that film too. You got anything to say about old Vigo here? Not really, because he's not, I'm not saying he's not a great actor, but I just, I I don't believe I've seen a lot of movies with him in it. He plays a very similar role in a lot of movies. This one's actually yes. the, the one that stands out the most for me because it's different than what he played in a lot of other films. Which is cool. I mean, and this was pretty... I wouldn't say the earliest in his career, but pretty early, I it's, imagine. It's really early. I mean, he I think he's one of those actors that didn't really get his start until he was in his thirties. But I mean, you know, he it's but he ended up going on and doing some great things. Yeah. We've got Elias Cotius, who plays Thomas Daggett in this. He's the reluctant protagonist. I was really weirded out for like the first portion of rewatching this because I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And then it dawned, and then it dawned on me. He was in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. 
He played Casey oh Jones. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. And I thought I looked up his character yesterday, and apparently I missed that. But I was like, "Where have I seen this guy? He looks so fucking familiar." Yeah, he plays Casey Jones in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and apparently in Part Three. I don't remember much about Part Three because it kind of stinks. But you know, the first movie uh, when he shows up, that you know, I'm like, okay, that's where I know him from. Oh my god, that's funny. Uh, he has actually been in a ton of horror movies since then. He's done Lost Souls, uh, some movie called Die, like D I E. Uh, apt pupil, uh, let me in, which is that horror remake of um, um, I forget what the the Russian name or whatever it was, but it's kind of like the girl vampire, you know, that that uh, goes around and she's uh, seduces these uh, other people to like basically be her thralls and uh, take care of her. Um, he was in the movie Skinwalkers, uh, Zodiac, The Fourth Kind. The Haunting in Connecticut, which he actually um, uh, was in with our next person we're going to talk about. And he was in the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Shutter Island. Holy shit. Yeah, so he's been in a lot of like horror slash thriller movies uh, since his days in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Virginia Madsen is the next one in the movie. She plays Catherine, who's the teacher and protector of Mary. Uh, she was in the original Dune film. There's a new one coming out this year, supposedly, but she was in the 1984 version. Uh, as far as the horror movies she was in, got to mention Candyman. If you if you'll know, I mean, everybody knows Virginia Madsen from Candyman. I mean, and I'm not going to keep saying his name, but there you go. That was your two times out of the five. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, she was also in Zombie High. She was in the 1999 version of The Haunting, which I'm going to have to go back and watch because I don't remember that. Uh, she was in this creepy little or this interesting little indie film called Red Riding Hood, which is like a a weird take on the the grim fairy tale where there's a little girl who's using her like uh, looks basically to lure in pedophiles and she kills them. I believe is what that one's about. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was also in the Haunting Connecticut. Like I said, she was the number twenty three that kind of conspiracy movie. I think it was with uh, Jim Carrey, and then she was in. She's actually in a movie that a horror movie that's coming out next year called The Devil's Light. I don't know anything about that movie, but she is in that one. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Eric Stoltz, who plays Simon. Uh, he's kind of the inciting incidents or the call to action in the movie. And he's also the worst possible Marty McFly that's ever existed in any timeline or parallel universe. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, he, the most of the movie Back to the Future was filmed with Eric Stoltz. And by all accounts, he was way too serious and took the role, you know, way too... Uh, dramatically and killed every bit of like you know uh, love anybody had for it and that's why they had to go and work out a special deal just to get Michael J. Fox back so that they could play or get the movie the way they wanted it which is you know a lighthearted comedy and not like this weird like what am I going to do with my life you know now that I don't you know I'm fading from existence type introspection or whatever Stoltz was doing with that film uh, wow <laughs> yeah he, 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 there's a uh, something like the movies we love or something like that on Netflix that goes into this pretty detailed, but you need to watch it. I mean, he, he way, he, he took that part way too seriously. But anyways, he was, uh, a lot of people know him from the mask, which is that old film with uh share where he plays like the elephant man, you know, type oh, thing. Shit. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, he was also in Pulp Fiction with Christopher Walken and, uh, another, uh, Amanda Plummer who we're going to talk about here shortly. 
Uh, and let's see, he was in The Fly 2, he was in Anaconda, and he was in The Butterfly Effect, which I don't really remember, but if I remember right, he plays a creepy person in that movie, like a, almost like a, he's either an abusive father or a pedophile or something in that film, so there's, he's got that going for him. Um, <laughs> we've got Eric, we've got Adam Goldberg's next, he plays Jerry, uh, he's kind of Gabriel's lackey in this movie. And he's the sole reason that Adam F. Goldberg, who makes the Goldberg's TV show, has to put the middle initial in there because there's another actor out there with his name. Uh, he played... Mo A lot of people... I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but he plays in The Hebrew Hammer. Have you ever seen that movie? It's like this... I have not. It's, weird, it's like a weird uh, exploitation film, but like, you know, done in the sense of like he's he's a rabbi that going around like killing people but, and acting like a pimp at the same time. Really weird movie, but anyways. Oh my God. And uh, he was in Dazed and Confused with uh, Matthew McConaughey, who we've previously mentioned. All right, all right. <laughs> and he was in Zodiac. Um, so he was also in the movie with Elias Cotius. We, and we have Amanda Plummer, who we've already talked about, and I'm giving and, and this I've discussed this on the Facebook uh, post that some that I think uh, uh, I think it was Fred that posted this one, so we're giving him another shout out. But he mentioned he had a meme about how Rachel was the scariest part of uh, Pet Cemetery. Yes. The funny thing is, we just talked about in uh, Needful Things how she looked like that character. Uh, anyways, Amanda Plummer does. Well, she actually plays a character named Rachel in this movie. So, oh, shit. so she and and her laying on her deathbed when Gabriel comes up to her later in the movie, and the fact that she's named Rachel, I instantly thought I was like, okay, here's Pet Cemetery. Even though it's happening, yeah. Even though we talked about how the fact that was played by a guy originally, it's just kind of sad for Amanda Plummer that she looks exactly like the character. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> And she's, of course, the second lackey after uh, Jerry kicks the bucket. And she was in Needful Things, like we talked about, and Pulp Fiction. And then rounding out the cast is Mariah Snyder, who played Mary. She plays the carrier of the soul that Heaven and Hill are fighting over. And her native uh, American name is Shining Dove. And she's actually, I believe, a singer. And the only movies that she did in her career was this, Prophecy 3, and the Brady Bunch movie. So okay. So there you go. That's your little bit of lore about her. And uh, speaking of lore, uh, Urena, how how about you just tell us uh, some uh, angel war stuff here? I have a lot of angel lore. I kind of wanted to go through. I don't know. I was kind of like thinking of discussing the three main angels, but I don't really feel that that's relevant to the movie um, because. Michael or Mikael doesn't really even show up to like the second or third prophecy. Is that correct? I don't believe so. Yeah, I, I don't believe they they the, brought him into this or even discussed him in any of this. He's more or less relevant to the war in heaven. So basically, you got God, you got Mikael, Michael, which is the right hand. Which I did not know they called him Mikael, but I told you that makes so much sense. <laughs> It does. I was hearing. It does consider, and oh. I mean, all the other angels in the movie, or, or anything that you listen to, it's like Uriel or Uriel or whatever. You know, like they always add like an extra, you know, like a syllable or something to it, and you just look, and it's like Michael. Okay. <laughs> yes, Michael, and it's like uh, I heard, I heard some British guy call him Mikael, and I'm like, that makes so much fucking sense. And it's not how I. I that's how I'm gonna pronounce Michael forever now, <laughs> Mikael. <laughs> Everyone's going to hate me. No, so the right hand being Michael, the left hand being Gabriel. You know, I was researching, 
you hear about the angels in the Bible. You hear about the angels in church, me growing up Catholic, but they really don't go into a lot of detail about them. All you know about them is that they are good. They are good. They are spreading the word of God. Uh, Michael was more or less God's warrior. Gabriel was more or less kind of the, I don't know, announcer, if you will. He spread the message. He spread the word of the Lord, allegedly, mm-hmm. uh, which he's known for having his horn or his trumpet, if you will. They bring that in the movie. We'll discuss that when they we get there. Did. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of chuckling when I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, that is, yeah, had to throw that in there. Because really, honestly, they're not known for much else. So what I did was I kind of did a little bit of a breakdown between how they are seen in the Bible, which there's not a lot of, to know about Lucifer, Michael, or Gabriel other than that. In the Bible, Lucifer had two things. He used to be good. He fell from grace. He's bad. That's it. I mean, there's we could go into details of how they described it, but that's not necessary. Um, yeah, usually, you, with, you, yeah, usually he's associated with pride more than anything to to most people. Yeah, yeah. And I'll go into my feelings about that as a Catholic <laughs> here in just a moment. Um, Gabriel and and Michael, although they are slightly different in terms of their ranking, if you will, they were, like, for instance, Michael, he was described as good, a warrior, leader of heaven's army, which, when it comes to a war in heaven, it was kind of interesting that he wasn't in the first prophecy, but whatever. I mean, I guess he was part of the first, you know, war, if you will. Yeah. More than anything. Um, And then Gabriel, uh, like I said, messenger, left hand. Um. You know, just, you just, there's nothing more. The Bible doesn't give you much more other than they're good. They're great. You listen to them. You want to be examples. They're examples of how you should be as a Christian, et cetera. Um, And the media, completely different. (laughs) The media, like, let's, let's bring up Lucifer just for a small example of how he is kind of almost misunderstood, if anything, uh, he allegedly fell for grace for what you said, you know, a lot of different things, vanity, pride, you know, we'll just throw out the, some of the seven deadly sins, you know, Mm -hmm. but he's also, he's also got that side that you're empathetic for you're You feel bad for him. You realize, wait a second. Are we sure this is how he is? Is he really as bad as, as he's made out to be? Well, there's a, there's a certain aspect to that too that you got to I mean that you think about as a human with all our failings. It's like okay, I mean you know he he's sympathetic in the sense that we can you know we can't associate with somebody who's like perfect, but we can associate with somebody who you know do their own hubris or whatever fell from their 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 spot and you know we're made to suffer because of it because I mean that's you know humanity in a nutshell basically. So that's I think that's kind of another thing that makes him you know a little bit sympathetic as a character. Yes, definitely. Now, almost every name, almost every word has some kind of Greek meaning to it. And Lucifer means morning star. I don't know if, you, if you've if you ever heard that before. I, I have heard that. And also light bringer is a lot of... Uh... Yes, he's basically a light bringer. So, I mean, yeah. Well, that's in Latin, it means light bringer. So, which is pretty funny. And then I did not know this, but Satan is basically a word, another word for accuser. Well, it's, obviously you wouldn't call someone Satan to say they're an accuser, but I forget what language it was. But basically it means accuser. And so 
going back to, let's go to Michael real quick. Switching back from Lucifer to Michael. Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Michael Making mixing Michael and Lucifer together. Okay, in the media, Michael is tell me if I'm wrong, but they always portray him as a fucking asshole. Yeah, I mean, they they always portray him in the media as being like, you know, stodgy, like he he follows, you know, God's commands to the T. He doesn't deviate from anything. He doesn't have any emotion when it comes to anything else but what God tells him to do. Yeah, he's overly good. I think that's how a lot of the angels are portrayed, is that they're overly good, and they have no balance in terms of good versus evil, which I think in a lot of things that we have watched, that has been a big, you know, that's kind of been important. It's like, okay, you, yeah, you have to have good, but it has to counteract, I don't know. I feel like it, there's always has to be that counteract in there. Yeah, I mean, that that makes it hard, I mean, for anybody who, is watching any of this stuff because they ha- they have to deal with the fact that you know they these angels I mean they're they're all like they they go down the straight and narrow they never you know they never even question the only one who did was Lucifer so like I said there's that sympathy you know that you have to that it's like they never waver in their you know like mission or anything like that it just it's real and it, it's really hard to you know feel anything for you know a, you know something that that's per projected to be that way like you know that that never deviates never has any kind of thoughts otherwise um i'm in the media i'm not going to go over who has played michael i think we'll save that for another time because he wasn't really in this film i for some reason thought he was only because i had never seen it i'm glad this was the first time i watched the prophecy um but for gabriel same thing um he's overly good uh, he is known for wanting to restart the apocalypse in a certain show we used to watch, Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, they went a Which, really weird route with Gabriel in that one, but yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't say he was trying to start an apocalypse, but technically, he was starting a fucking war in this film. Oh yeah, yeah. He well in this movie, uh, it almost plays like he's the second Lucifer in the sense that his anger and bitterness at being, you know, chosen or being put aside for humanity uh, just consumed him to the point that he he had to, he had to turn on against God's word. It's basically what it amounted to, which is exactly what Lucifer did. I mean, in a, in a, before humanity, he just, you know, Lucifer, you know, according to the stories, just thought that he was as good or better than God, so why not try to take over heaven? And that's kind of where, you know, his downfall happened. But Gabriel's doing kind of the same thing. It's like God says these things are, you know, superior to me, at least according to the film. And I'm pissed about it. I'm not going to listen to anything he says anymore. So, which is how Lucifer fell from grace. Yeah, <laughs> that is described. When I get into, I won't, I'm not going to get into huge details of the war in heaven. I'm really only going to kind of give my opinion on it, okay. and people can make of it what they want. But um, in the media, so Christopher Walken, uh, he played Gabriel, Gabriel, if you will, uh, in Constantine. Uh, Gabriel was played by Tilda Swinton, and I'm going to throw it out there. That was one of my favorite portrayals of Gabriel. Uh, which movie did she play that in again? Uh, Constantine. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to revisit that movie. I, I totally forgot about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely going to revisit Constantine. Okay. Um, in Supernatural, he was portrayed by Richard Spike Jr., which was also a trickster and possibly Loki. <laughs> I like That was... Yeah, I like. I hate the fact of how they did that later in the seasons, but yeah, whenever he was originally Loki, and they gave the reason for why he 
suddenly or well why he was actually Gabriel the entire time but he he just got tired of you know all the drama in heaven that you know that that I, I thought that was a good twist yeah I guess and uh last but not least and there's plenty other films I'm sure he's been portrayed in but this I have not seen this film and this is allegedly a spoiler but they claim that Van Helsing may have been Gabriel in the Van Helsing movie, the most recent one. Okay. I don't remember that much about that movie other than it had just way too much uh, weird action pieces for, you know, what, what it was. It was more of a comic book movie than it was anything else, but I, some people love it, so. Yeah. Now, um, he was also in Good Omens, which you have watched. You've enjoyed. I didn't fully enjoy it, but John Hamm played uh, Gabriel in Good Omens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I don't know if you made that. it that far. I, I made it through the whole series, but I didn't even think about that because I was mostly, fo- mostly focused on Crowley in that one. Yes, and that was your favorite character. Yeah. And then he, Gabriel, which angels don't have sexual organs, so they could really be either or, but a woman plays uh, Gabriel and Lucifer, the t- television series, which plays the angel of gossip, and it is not at all my favorite portrayal of Gabriel. At all. I, I actually hate it. <laughs> no, I can't say that that one stood out at all. But then again, if you think about it, Gabriel is like an announcer, if you will, or, you know, brings all the information. But in in Lucifer, they just make Gabriel just this big gossip queen, which is hilarious now if you kind of think about it. Kind of fits in with today's times more than anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, Lucifer, I mean, not much to say how he's portrayed in the Bible. He is like the ultimate evil. Uh, he represents betrayal. He fell from grace. He is the example of what not to do when it comes to worshiping God and only one God and, you know, basically not following, walking the line that God sets. Um, In TV series, he's portrayed the same way, but you have a little more sympathy. You can tell he's been abandoned in a lot of, you know, movies and television shows. Um, a lot of he's still there's a lot receiving, of, but yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of that that stems back to John John Milton's portrayal in Paradise Lost, though. That's what really, you know, broke down and made Lucifer more of a sympathetic character because it tried to tell it from a more humanistic standpoint. You know about why, you know what he what he risked and what he actually suffered as a result of you know his fall from grace. Uh, there's a lot of media where the devil has been portrayed. Um, Ninth Gate. That's one. Somehow we got to get into that one. I don't know if you've seen that one. I liked it. I don't remember if you said you liked The Ninth Gate or not, or if you've even seen it with Johnny Depp. I, it, it never struck a chord. If I watched it, I don't remember anything about it. Oh, okay. Well, that one was a good one. A lot of good lore in that one. Okay. Um, Devil's Advocate, which we reviewed. Mm-hmm. End of Days, which I had completely forgotten about that one. I I remember it now, but I wouldn't put that on any list of anything that I appreciated. So, <laughs> yeah, um, bedazzled. Yeah, we we talked about that a little bit when we were talking we were about talking things about. to cover for the season. Yep, uh, Constantine. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely in that movie that because that's what we had discussed. Maybe you know, circling back and doing uh, an episode about Constantine uh, the movie at some point. Uh, the Vivich which was my favorite portrayal because Black Phillip is adorable. <laughs> uh, Chaos, which we reviewed all of that as well. Supernatural, Mark Pellegrino. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. 
That's one of the good ones. And, of course, in the in Supernatural, Jared and Jensen, he, Castiel has been taken over by the devil, and Rick Springfield. Yeah, Mark Pellegrino did it better than the rest of them, though. Well, of course. There's no, yeah, hands down. And then our favorite of all that played Lucifer, which is Tom Ellis in Lucifer. So going to the war in heaven, which is the main focus of what I was looking into, and I'm reading this. And by the way, there's what I learned being born and raised a Catholic, and then there is me as an adult looking at this and questioning, God is egotistical as fuck. (laughs) The way we're viewing him, so what... Breaking down of basically what they're going after Lucifer for, one of the things was, or Satan, the devil, however you want to view him, is him tempting people, a.k.a. Eve, in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. He was tempting people. He was prideful. He was becoming smart, and he was liking everything that he was learning, and he was executing free will beyond what God wanted him to do. So taking that bit of information, and that's just a small portion of it, but taking that information and kind of processing it. So he was given free will, just like man was given, but there was limitations. Now, I understand limitations include don't kill people, the basics of the Ten Commandments, but the Ten Commandments also has the thou shalt not worship another god. And basically, if you're not worshiping God to the full extent, you're basically, like if you're loving yourself, you're worshiping another idol, another god. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard that, you know, as part of the Sunday school teachings or whatever, as it were. Yeah, and I was listening to this and I was like, okay, you give man free will and I understand that you want to, to be within good limits, but... You basically got rid of one of your own. You sent him down to basically not live in the heavens anymore. And that was going to be his torture on his own. He was on earth for basically not worshiping you only and not doing exactly what you say is right. But he allegedly has free will to make his own decisions. And that made Lucifer a bad person and started this whole war where they had to defeat him. And basically, what is that? What is the word I'm looking for when you make someone leave and banish? Banish, basically. Banish him from heaven down to earth. And I'm like, uh, I've never really thought of it that way. The way that I'm thinking about it now. I wasn't even aware about the free will part because, I mean,. I mean, you're right. They, you know, that was the thing that humanity was given was free will. That was like the, you know, for better or worse, that was the gift we were given. And like, you know, the angels were not given that ability. I wasn't aware that Lucifer amongst all of them was, you know, granted like a little bit of that, you know, prior to. Well, I wouldn't say granted so much. I think more or less the humans were going to be given free will. And I think that started what you and I had discussed, or you had said you wanted to discuss about him not revering humans the way that God does. Why did humans get that, but angels don't? Yeah. So, and I, can you see where that would have started a conflict? Well, and I mean that, yeah. That, and that's what they play up in the movie too, is the fact that, you know, mankind was given this, uh, 
point of place and, you know, above angels in the sense they were given the free will, they were given grace and, you know, angels were just basically, you know, foot soldiers, if nothing else. They were just, you know, the first creations, but they, you know, God, quotation marks, perfected, you know, uh, the formula afterward and made mankind. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, just kind of looking into that, reading into that, basically, it it doesn't. I have questions now as a Catholic, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I've I've had questions for a long time. I mean, I'm not hardcore Catholic, you know, but at least anymore. But yeah, I was reading this and I was like, okay. I was like, so he started basically doing what you're allowing the humans to do. And you got mad and you banished him. And now he's this bad person. I honestly think more than anything, Lucifer was misunderstood. And I'm not like saying that I'm worshiping him or anything. I'm not becoming, you know, I'm not going to go to the Church of Satan or anything like that. (laughs) But it is uh, doing this research kind of just expanded my mind big time. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have you done to me? (laughs) That was not my. This is your fault, Reverend. Uh, that wasn't my intent, but I mean, you know. I had an epiphany. <laughs> you chose the wrong way to go with that information. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, I mean, you read it and you're like, okay. Uh, let's talk about the war in heaven. Holy shit. <laughs> literally, holy shit. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's, that's what I got from all of this. Um, the war in heaven, how it was started, and. Really, I didn't go into kind of what it led into, but does that matter at this point? Mm, no, I mean, because that, that, that folds into the movie. That's the reason I wanted you to bring it up. Absolutely. Yep. 